for me, it was that point of, okay, I'm working overtime making someone else's dream happen. What if, here's a crazy idea, what if I applied that same level of passion and dedication to my own thing, what would the possibilities be? Welcome to the Carnage Podcast, where we interview some of today's most savvy marketers, creatives, and founders. I'm your host, Adam Kuhns, and today's guest is Rachel Reed. Rachel's the founder of Subtle Beauty. Subtle Beauty is a line of makeup products for on-the-go lifestyles. The product consists of a compact stacking system that can hold full-size makeup products. The beauty of it is, it fits in the palm of your hand. Rachel and her team recently launched a Kickstarter and raised over $10,000 in just 52 hours. Rachel and I discuss a variety of topics, including how to validate an idea, when the right time to jump is, and much more. So, without further ado, enjoy my conversation with Rachel Reed. Just kind of set the stage when you decided you were going to jump off. Um, like what, you know, you were, you were working the nine to five, some yeah. overtime in there. Were you side hustling this, this subtle <laughs> beauty concept? I mean, what, where was that jumping off point? Yeah, I was definitely side hustling. Um, waking up every morning, 6 a.m., working on it for a couple of hours and then heading to my day job. You know, it's kind of hard. I don't really know what the light bulb moment was. I had the idea for Subtle Beauty, I honestly think eight eight months prior to actually executing on it. Um, and it was, I was solving a problem of my own, um, you know, lack of convenience and portability in my makeup, you know, routine or beauty routine in general. Um, and I was in a new relationship at the time. And so I kind of solved a personal problem with this super hacky, um, thrown together thing. And, okay. you know, my friends and I joked about it. We called it Ho on the Go. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> yeah. So like that was just sort of an inside joke between us, but it was interesting because that whole time from then until that, I guess, light bulb moment, I had the itch to really, you know, okay, well maybe I'll work on something on the side to really get that creative side of me, um, you know, exercised. And, um, I think I was trying to search for this idea, this product, this, this thing and subtle beauty was kind of there the whole time. Um, but I, it, yeah, it took me eight months to really get there. And I, I think, I think what it was, I was looking up something else. I think I had started looking into drop shipping. I was like, okay, I'm in e-commerce. I'm, you know, helping these billion dollar companies like make even more money. What if I applied those same e-commerce principles to something super easy that I can stand up on my own? Okay. And I think I just came across contract manufacturing. Um, you know, on, you know, really randomly. And in that moment I was like, Oh, okay. You know, I think with entrepreneurs, you hear a lot about these light bulb moments. And I think those definitely exist, but at the same time, I think a lot of it stems from discontentment. Yeah. You know, I was very fortunate. Um, I kind of discovered what I liked to do every day pretty early on. And so I pursued that career um, ultimately. So digital marketing, I really loved the digital space. I went to school to be a web developer and quite frankly, I was terrible. Okay. So I segued very quickly um, into digital marketing and then into e-commerce. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs, like you said, they will pursue their own thing because they kind of hate what they're doing. I actually loved the work that I was doing. Okay. 
Um, and for the longest time, I was trying to do both, you know, my day job and trying to build subtle beauty. Um, but for me, you know, I tend to put my everything into my career. And I think for me, it was that point of, okay, I'm working overtime, making someone else's dream happen. What if, here's a crazy idea. What (laughs) if I applied that same level of passion and dedication to my own thing? What would the possibilities be? Okay. And without that corporate ceiling, you know? Okay. So you quit your job and then, but then where'd you go? Um, so I was accepted into Outflab gear. Okay. Um, so that's a, maybe a step up from idea accelerator. It's more like, okay, you've validated this thing. Like let's, let's make it right. Um, so I was accepted as a company in residence, um, because I'd already done all that product development. I'd figured out my manufacturers. I had those partnerships and relationships. So they were like, we love what you're doing come work out of our space, we'll give you, you know, a desk and the resources you need. So, um, yeah, I have been working out of there. Um, and then I launched a Kickstarter campaign, um, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. How's that going? Good. Yeah. We hit our goal in the first three days, okay. um, actually 52 hours, but it was like just shy of two days. So okay. I have to say three days. And what was the goal? <laughs> it was $10,000. Okay. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So outside of that $10,000 from Kickstarter, did you have any previous funding? I did raise a friends and family round early on. Um, and you know, you asked earlier about, did I save money? Did I prepare to like take that leap? Um, I saved a ton of money, but put it into the product development. Okay. Do you, so, do you mind sharing how much money you, you put into it to start? Um, I honestly don't know the number off the top of my head, but I'll tell you it was a lot more than I ever anticipated. Are we talking thousands of dollars, tens of thousands? Tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. Okay. And you had been saving that from your your corporate job. Yeah. Um, And it's funny, at the time we were making commission. So um, I was a project manager, but also we managed the client relationships. So there was a commission part to it. And I was hustling to like get that commission because, you know, I was at the same time making all of these sort of soft deals with these manufacturers and like finding like the formulations that I really liked and the components. And so it was like, okay, I know what I need. Now I got to go get it. So, um, yeah, it was kind of nice having that commission option okay. that, that really uh, funded a lot of the business. Okay. Yeah, I mean, what I think is interesting and why I ask, you know, if you mind sharing that number is because there are two schools of thought. You know, some people are okay getting into some debt when they're launching a business. Some people are saving up. Some people don't know yeah. what, what to do. Um, so I think it's just an interesting take on, you know, you were saving and you were, you were looking down the road, but I think a lot of entrepreneurs aren't. Mm-hmm. And you know, they're, they're charging $5,000, you know, for, for whatever they need, equipment, uh, product. Oh, I know. And honestly, debt scares the crap out of me. Um, I've been really fortunate. I've never really had debt, um, in my life. And so I'm and, and I'm also a very risk averse person. So I don't think I would have felt comfortable kind of going into this or at least funding the product development on any kind of debt situation. Um, so it was really a comfort thing for me to save that money. I'd rather go broke, you know, live off of $10 a day, trying to save that money while I have the money coming in versus 
hey, I'm just gonna rack up some credit card debt and like hope for the best. Sure. You know. So, so what are the next steps for Subtle Beauty? You you hit your Kickstarter goal. Yeah. So the Kickstarter really served as our launch pad. Um, like I said, we'd already kind of funded the product development side of things. Um, so we are um, currently in production. We have a manufacturer, you know, in um, Taiwan, and then a formulation company in San Diego. So we're I say we like it's more than me. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sometimes it's easier to say that. I am coordinating um, all of those moving pieces. Hopefully, um, you know, we're looking like we're on track to deliver products in December, which is really awesome. Um, I'm working with my developer around the clock to launch our website after Kickstarter ends so that we can start accepting pre-orders. And then I've just started the scary process of uh, raising money. Okay. So is there a particular aspect of Subtle Beauty that you're really passionate about? Yeah, I think, um, you know, when you see a makeup company, I think people make a lot of assumptions about it. But I describe Subtle Beauty as the brand for women who are out there getting shit done. Um, I'll send it in emails. <laughs> I put it on social media. Like, that's, that's what we're doing because, you know, I think brands out there, first off, the beauty industry is male dominated. These are men designing products for women. And if you look over time, none of these actual product product packaging has been innovated. So we have these giant palettes, these giant tubes, you know, women use on average 16 products in a morning. And if you, you know, these products are based on women staying in the home. And um, I think that it it's going to need to take a, a female to actually design products for other women. And the fact is, we're not staying at home the way that we did in you know the 50s and the 60s. Um, so we need something more portable and compact to take with us to fit in with our lifestyle and not work against it. So are you using shit in your tagline? Is that like the legit tagline or it's not the official tagline it's the unofficial it's the unofficial yeah like get me passionate enough about it and I just I'm like I don't care you know <laughs> and we're still figuring out our branding um as well but I you know I'm a little bit more rough around the edges um so no I like it I think I think that's real I think a lot of people shy away from being real yeah. with, with whatever it may be. Isn't it so much easier to just be yourself? I mean, it takes so much work to try and be this other thing. And like, honestly, as, as an entrepreneur, like you don't have time for that. You have so many things you're trying to do and think about and strategize. The last thing you need to do is remember to be this certain persona that is out of your nature. Um, I think that if you are, you know, a solo entrepreneur trying to build something, you gotta make you gotta make as many things as easy as possible, and I think for a lot of brands, you know, you are the brand, so let the brand be you. You know. Sure. So, what does the team look like right now? So we're definitely a small team. Um, I have a social media manager in DC, um, and then I also have a web developer who is here in Pittsburgh. Okay. Um, we've all actually worked together in the past, all three of us. So. Um, and we've all been in e-commerce and digital marketing. So yeah, we're, we're excited to have the product development be <laughs> done with and like to really be able to work on the stuff that we are good at. Yeah, are you are you taking any type of paycheck right now from Subtle Beauty? No. No, no paycheck at all. No paycheck. Okay, yeah, and the, and the reason I asked that too is because I think it's, there's this cliche right now with entrepreneurship where you hear a lot about following your passion and just 
listen to your heart. I, I don't think that's enough. So when people ask me how I started my businesses or this or that, or what should I do? Your passion doesn't put food on the table, no, unfortunately. Yeah. And you, you have to side hustle. You have to wake up at 6 a.m. sometimes right. and be working a full-time job. Well, that's why I stayed in my full-time job for so long because, I mean, again, I'm risk averse, so financial insecurity scares the crap out of me. Um, but I guess, you know, you kind of get to a breaking point. Like, I love to work when people are like, oh, what are your hobbies outside of work? I'm like, oh, more work. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that question, by the way. I hate it so much. Um, so, but, but everyone gets put, pushed at a breaking point, you know, and when I was trying to do both, I was starting to get physically ill from just being overworked. The stress that I was putting on myself, um, it, yeah, there, there was a, there was a point where I would not have been able to keep doing both. And I had to kind of make that decision. I want to do, you know, I want to work on subtle beauty. Um, I, I have a runway to personal runway, um, to get me to about February. Um, and I think, you know, I kind of keep telling myself this every day, like you have qualities that companies need you can get a job at any time, right. you know, like, it's not like I'm, I have this really kind of difficult job, you know, that there isn't a market for. Right. Um, so I kind of tell myself that when I'm getting a little bit stressed about money, but I could not in good conscience sit here and say, Oh, it's not a, yeah. Follow your passion. Who cares? <laughs> you know, no, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's tough. Uh, so if someone's listening and they're trying to validate their idea. What what piece of advice do you have for them? So I think because some ideas are just just crap. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, and I also think that ideas are a dime a dozen. I think that um, where the magic happens is in the execution and actually doing it right. How many people have come up to you and been like, "Oh, I have, I had an idea," and it's like, "Cool, yeah." So does literally everyone else. I have like ten ideas sitting there right now, you know. <laughs> um, so I think you know if you're sitting on that idea, I think one of the biggest mistakes people make is they don't talk about it because they're scared someone's going to steal it. Oh, you don't, you don't get it. You know, this is something that's really easy to steal. And that kind of goes back to my first point of like, yeah, but ideas are a dime a dozen. Are they actually going to steal it? Are they actually going to be as passionate about your idea um, to where they're going to take it further than you? So I think talk about it. Tell as many people as you can. Um, get their opinions. You know, anonymous surveys is a great place to start, but where you really want to start getting into um, – like real customer validation, you need to interview strangers face to face, read their expressions. Um, you know, would you be willing to pay this much for it? If they're saying yes, but shaking their head, you can't capture that in a survey. Right. Um, so, and, and I think ultimately it'll make you feel more confident in doing it because there's so much risk with starting something. Doing that groundwork to really truly validate an idea prior is going to make you feel a lot better as well. Right, absolutely. So once you have this idea valid validated, potentially, we talk a lot about execution here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ideas are a dime a dozen. Yeah, doing it is is a whole other thing. What what do you say to someone that's okay? I got this great idea. I want to do it now. Now what? Go to Google. Figure it out. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's how I did it. I mean, like I said, I have. I've no, I, I had no idea what I was doing with um, manufacturing. Um, I knew that 
negotiation is pretty key, but that's because all my clients in my day job would always negotiate with me. So I would channel them and negotiate, like, you know, pull these, pull, pull some, some learnings from, you know, your environment and surroundings, but validate that you're on the right path with Google. Sure. Um, make sure you're constantly learning and getting yourself educated on the things you're about to tackle. I think a lot of people get caught up in, in that simple stuff and it scares them to the point where they're saying, I can't do this. Oh yeah. This isn't for me. You know what cracks me up is the, um, well, I need to have a logo or like I need to have a name. And granted, I got caught up in that stuff too. I think it's hard to really conceptualize an idea when you don't even have a name for it. But I mean, I was calling Subtle Beauty Ho on the go for like the first six months. So I mean, do you, do you own that domain name? Ho on the go. Ho on the go. Oh, I wish. I should buy it. Someone, yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm going to have to do that I'm before this airs. I'm going to buy it for you and then I'll sell it to you. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, so I think like you, that stuff becomes important, but honestly, branding didn't become important to me until about four months ago. And I'd been working on this, you know, for two years. So like get, get your idea, get all that groundwork stuff done. And if you don't know where to start in terms of that validation and product market fit, um, join an accelerator, you know, or talk to someone who's done it. Reach out to, join a group on Facebook. I'm part of, um, like, a women entrepreneur group. There's, like, 15,000 women in it. It's a little bit chaotic, but I did a lot of my validation in there. Um, every design iteration I sent um, to that group of women and was just like, all right, blow it up. Tell me what sucks about it, you know? Um and I would get like, you know, everyone loves giving their opinions. So I'd get That's like great. 400 comments and, um, yeah, like that Facebook group really kind of dictated what the end result or end design was. Okay. Um, What's the name of that Facebook group for someone out there that might want to, I think it was women entrepreneurs supporting women entrepreneurs. Okay. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll give it to you so you can add it. Okay. That'd be great. Um, I think that's an interesting point. Uh, just even with joining a Facebook group, you know, you, you're constantly, I get hit up by ads on Facebook all the time mm -hmm. to join a mastermind. And if oh, I want to join that yeah. mastermind, it's $2,500 yeah. and they're going to teach me how to start my own mastermind. And it's those groups, I feel like are a dime a dozen, but people are buying into that. Yeah. And, and they're almost preying upon the innocent who say like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. And it's you know just so it's, cheesy. It's so fascinating. I'm fascinated by service-based marketing so these people who are trying to essentially well, this sounds weird sell themselves but you know like sell yeah sell you into their into their mastermind I think their marketing tactics are crazy and I definitely I'll, I'll sign up so I can look at their email sequence I do the same and, thing yeah I just yeah. think that they're onto something if they can convince other people to buy into this stuff you know, you're kind of, you know, you're not getting a physical product in return. You're buying into an idea. And I think that's so powerful. There's, they're doing something right. So, yeah, for sure. Um, I'm kind of curious on how I can apply that, uh, to products, you know, sell, trying to sell a product. Um, so it's interesting you brought that yeah, up. Yeah, absolutely. The, you said you were interested in the, the digital marketing side of things. Mm -hmm. What, what led you to that interest in, in marketing? Um, so again, when I was in college, I, uh, you know, went to school to be a web developer. Um, what I realized during that time is that I, I didn't like focusing like web development. Yes, there's a big picture, but you're focusing on 
really, really small components of that big picture every day. And I didn't like being so in the weeds without fully getting to control every aspect of it, right? So as an example, you know, if you're a developer, you know, you're, you're executing someone else's design, you're executing or you're building a platform for someone else's business. And so I wanted a little bit more control, I guess. Um, and so a natural progression from that was, okay, well, I want to at least be able to, you know, market. I, I liked the marketing side of things, the convincing other people that they need X, Y, or Z. And so I think it was kind of, you know, oh, digital marketing. Yeah. What has been one of the hardest things that you've had to do being a, a, a young entrepreneur? Um, a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a big misconception about like being your own boss and like picking and choosing what you want to do. Um, but there's been a ton of stuff that I've had to do that just sucks. <laughs> um, one of them is, you know, I hate being in front of the camera. Um, so having to do interviews and having to, you know, you kind of have to suck it up and I don't have influencers right now. So I'm in front of the camera on our Instagram and doing Instagram stories and on Facebook and that stuff's really hard. That's hard for me. Um, you know, I'm sure some people love doing that and that's great, but then they're going to have to do hard stuff that maybe I love. Like I love going through the data. Not everybody does. I think I'm kind of unique in that. Um, and honestly, mindset has been really, really tough too. Um, I think that we kind of gloss over that a lot. Like you see, a, you know, what you see online is this idea of entrepreneurship and um, it's not that bright and squeaky and fun. And, you know, I think that, I think we as entrepreneurs need to talk about the the realities of like, oh, it's 2 p.m. and I haven't showered yet, you know? Like I'm sitting on the couch in my PJs working on stuff. And we glamorize this idea of, you know, always oh, looking your best and sitting in a coffee shop and, you know, just working on the stuff that's really fun and cool and that's not the reality. And if you're heading into entrepreneurship to create that, I think that you're gonna be a little bit disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. You, you talked about data and how most people find that to be kind of like the ugly part of entrepreneurship. Not mm -hmm. the ugly part, but it's not fun. Data is, is boring. You know, people, oh, I think a lot of people, like we, we talked about, you got to have a logo and, and branding. I think a lot of people get so caught up on that stuff, but they completely neglect the data and yeah. the numbers and the runway and things that you need to do to actually make your business successful. Can you yeah. talk about that a little bit? and? How, I mean, it seems like that's really set you ahead of, you know, the, the, the curve. Yeah, I think, um, I think that, the, yeah, the data and the information that comes to you externally is so super important, but it's equally important is your ability to accept that information. Um, you have to step out of yourself a little bit and really look at your product or your brand objectively to be successful. And the data will give you that information, but if you're not willing to accept it, it's useless, you know? Um, so what I really geeked out over as an example is, um, you know, over the summer leading up to Kickstarter, I ran a bunch of ads and I was really trying to hone in on my audience segment. So for me, like, I don't know, I would geek out over, narrowing it like noticing trends and then zeroing in on them and then seeing it be you know i'll 
drop my cost per lead you know week over week because I'm constantly niching down and um, I don't know I, I guess that once you if you listen to the data and you actually execute on the changes it's telling you to make um, you start seeing that success but I think the first hurdle is listening so if people want to follow you where can they follow you and subtle beauty at yeah um, so at Subtle Beauty, S-U-B-T-L, Beauty, um, on Instagram and Facebook. We're not really active on Twitter, so if you follow us there, it'll be really boring for you. <laughs> um, and then you can find me, Rachel. I, th- I think my Instagram is so lame. Rachel.read25. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Super lame. Oh, yeah. Personal branding <laughs> at its best, right? <laughs> and then if you wanted to check out the products, um, you can check us out at startstacking.co. Okay, great. And is the Kickstarter still running? Can people contribute to the Kickstarter? Yeah, it's uh, running until I think it ends October 18th. And then we'll be accepting pre-orders on the site. Okay, awesome. Well, it was great chatting with you. Really appreciate it. And uh, good luck with, with everything. This podcast was brought to you by Carney, the digital agency behind the Daily Carnage newsletter. If you aren't on the list, make sure you sign up at carney.co. That's C A R. N-E-Y. Talk to you soon.